Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome back. Um, gosh, perfect timing and always honored to have with us Alan Parker Jr. He is the president of the uh, Justice Foundation. He also serves as the attorney for Melinda Tybalt, the founder of the Moral Outcry Petition. Uh, he also wrote a lot of information that was used in the Dobbs case on what overturned Roe versus Wade. Um, he fights for women who have been injured by abortion. His website is called the justicefoundation.org. And there's a picture of his landing site there, the justicefoundation.org. Alan, what an honor to have you back, sir. How are you? Very good, and thank you for having me on. You thank bet. You. you bet. Well, I think we all kind of watched Friday with our brain on tilt that the Supreme Court allowed the abortion bill to stay in the market for now. Um, first of all, how do you think they came up with that decision? Well, it's speculative because they wrote nothing. They did no opinion. I, I So we don't really know. And this is a very preliminary issue. So they don't have to explain it. They're just saying, basically, let's keep things the way they are. We're going to send it back to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. They'll have a full hearing on it. And then it may come up to us again and we may do something or we may let the Fifth Circuit handle it. So that oral argument has actually been set for May 17th, which is an expedited hearing. And uh, we will hear oral argument on that day and then probably a week or two later, they'll come out with an opinion. Give us your opinion of the Fifth Circuit. <laughs> well, overall, it is a very faithful circuit. And by faithful, I mean they do what judges are supposed to do. Uh, they are faithful to interpret the law according to the meaning of the people who pass the law. That's what we want judges to be. Some people say we want independent judiciary but if you think about it, what does that mean? If an independent judiciary just does whatever they want and they make up the law, then you're governed by an oligopoly. And people who rule under that system are called oligarchs. That's kind of like Russia or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we don't want an oligopoly. We want judges to be faithful to the law. If it's the Constitution, then it's the one that we, the people, ratified and give it our consent of the governed. If it's a legislative law, we want them to be faithful to the statute. So they're a faithful court. They're not afraid to uh, be uh, pro-life if that's what the law is. For example, they've upheld state laws that say protect life, but they're not super radicals that go out and strike down laws that they just disagree with because they don't like them like liberal judges do. So I think they're a good court. So what is the case? If it goes back to the Fifth Circuit, what, what will they have to decide? All right. Well, there's two big issues in the case. This is about whether the chemical pill abortion can continue in America. Now, the surgical abortions will still be available, and that's what we used mostly from 1973 up until today. But uh, in 2000, they started a chemical pill abortion. And the question is, did the FDA follow the law in approving that? And then in 2016, they relaxed it to where you don't even have to have a doctor perform a, a, or give you the look at you to see if you're pregnant, 
to see if your pregnancy is ectopic. Women can die if doctors are not involved. So there's did they follow the law? And then the question is, how many women are going to be injured or killed by taking this abortion pill without the proper safety precautions? And the doctors who sued are emergency room doctors, and they see the women coming in near death with sepsis that can lead to death, with possible ectopic pregnancies, which the, this drug doesn't take care of, and you can die from an ectopic pregnancy that's not treated. They talk about torrential bleeding of the women, and so that can kill women, and the court said two women in the last year have died from this procedure. So it's not just about, you know, if you think allowing women to die is safe and most of them don't die, which is true, uh, you know, uh, but some do. And we want to take precautions to protect all the women. Is it true that the pill now is responsible for about 53 percent of the abortions? Mm, That's probably roughly accurate. Yes, it's it's sold. Here's the other part. What does it do to women and how is it sold? Uh, I represent thousands of women, and what I'm going to start talking to you about now is what the women have told me who've actually had abortions, and that we quote in our briefs. Uh, This pill is sold as if they actually say it's as safe as Tylenol or ibuprofen. So that makes you think of something very common, very relaxing, and that relieves pain. Instead, this this pill causes death and pain. They admit that it causes pain. They'll tell you you're going to feel cramps. And what the pill does is take the life of the baby. The first pill kills the baby. The second pill baby causes severe cramps like labor to get the dead baby out of the woman's body. And the woman sees it in her own bed or in her toilet. Uh, The first woman that ever called me was just sobbing, saying, they lied to me. They lied to me. They told me it wasn't a baby. They told me it was a mass of tissue. This is a baby. This is a baby. I have it in my hand. And it's just, she could see hands and feet and arms, as one of the women in our brief testified. You know, they, they, they lie and tell you, you'll never have to think about it. But this is more traumatic than surgery, which occurs in the doctor's office. He sees the baby parts. He sees that. Sometimes the lie that it's not a baby, the woman doesn't discover till later that they were lying to her. But you see it, and most women are curious. If you're passing blood extensively, most women will look down, either in their bed or their toilet. And that becomes their place of trauma. It can trigger abortion reactions, post-traumatic stress syndrome type of PTSD symptoms. Mm -hmm. And even the court has admitted that this can be devast- there can be devastating psychological consequences just from a regular surgical abortion. But when you see the baby, and the other thing, the last thing is the baby say, I felt like a murderer. I took the pills. I administered this drug and killed my baby. So it's a far deeper psychological wound for many, many women. Not necessarily everybody, though I think eventually it may catch up with everybody. Uh, some women say, well, I never felt that. And I said, well, you're lucky. Some of our women, it didn't happen until 10 or 15 or 20 years later. Maybe that won't happen to you. Maybe it will. It would seem to me, Ellen, that proving whether or not the FDA went through the proper channels to approve this bill 
that that could be established, right? You're sort of correct. That's more of a question of law. And here's the facts. And this is why the trial judge of the Fifth Circuit said they didn't act in good faith. In 2000, these doctors filed what's called a petition to the FDA to not approve this drug because it would have bad consequences. And under the law, every doctor has, every citizen has the right to petition the government, the FDA, for safety regulations. They have three, the FDA had 300 days to reply to that. Uh, That's pretty simple to count 300 days. The FDA did nothing for 6,000 days, and then they denied the petition. And the court says, that's a violation of the law. You were supposed to do this in 300 days? Took you 6,000. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, Just one other example, and this is a big issue in the case that hasn't got a lot of publicity yet, but it may very well at this next phase. There is a law in the United States called, it was called the Comstock Law, but it says you may not mail abortion-inducing drugs Mm. through the mails, the Postal Service, or a common carrier like FedEx or UPS. So it's illegal to distribute these things through the mail or the common carriers. And that's just a question of law. What I quoted to you is exactly what the law says. You have to go through some convoluted, uh, torturous legal analysis, which the Biden administration, Department of Justice, did do. They came up with a letter after Dobbs saying, well, uh, we don't care what that law says. We think uh, Congress has ignored it and other courts they did. The courts did strike down the part that said you couldn't send contraceptives through the mail. That was in a case called Griswold v. Connecticut, leading up to Roe v. Wade. But the 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 abortion part was never changed by Congress. And the current Supreme Court, I think, when they really get this course, they they like to follow the law. That you know, John Roberts said his job is with an umpire to just call balls and strikes, not to make the law what he wanted to it. I think that's one of the arguments that the Fifth Circuit and the judges will say, that's a matter of law. That's our expertise. And uh, we don't have to decide if this is safe or not. We'll just say Congress says you can't do it. If you want to change the law, go to Congress. Isn't there still some states out there, though, Alan, that had uh, a law that said that they couldn't distribute a pill that kills and that's why Walgreens kind of found a neutral ground and not to go for it, especially in California? Yes. In states where abortion is illegal, there's about 12 to 13 of those states, depending on how you count them, but mm-hmm. about a dozen. So let's say that uh, then. Taking this pill and selling this pill or giving the pill to someone is illegal just because abortion is illegal. In our brief, we cited a newspaper article where a Texas woman uh, has been arrested or holding her daughter down and forcing an abortion pill into her mouth. Well, that's practicing medicine without a license. It's giving a drug. It's an assault and battery. And we point out that when you don't, the FDA said, oh, you don't have to go to a doctor. You can order it online. You can get it anywhere. That allows forced abortions to occur. Parents will get the pill for their children, and that's illegal in all 50 states. And men will slip it into their girlfriend's food and she'll think she's just had a terrible miscarriage and he gets away with murder and assault 
on a woman because giving someone a pill or medicine or like the date rape drug without their consent, that's called a battery in every state. And it's a crime in every state, but it's made easier. That's one of the big issues in this case. So um, I'm trying to summarize this in my head. This is fascinating. So it's uh, in addition to proving the legitimacy of the uh, proving that the pill was safe and could be used is one case. And the other one is the distribution is the other part of the case. And it seems to me that the distribution is the one that's really um, got a lot of holes in it. Because if, if, the, if the pregnant woman doesn't see a doctor and yet can get the pill through the mail, mail, they could take it in the wrong time period and really be in trouble. There's evidence of that in the case. This is only supposed to use early in pregnancy, six to ten weeks. And uh, there's cases where women have just bought it and given it to themselves at like 26 weeks, very late pregnancy, or in the 30 weeks. Uh, and, of course, that is very, very difficult. You're having a labor at home, and yet you have a, a stillborn baby and uh that can cause a lot of problems. That's even against what the regs say you're supposed to do. But if you're giving it to women at home, these are not doctors. They don't know what to do or they don't know why the risk is so bad. You're reading, ble bleeding out and you're getting infections. Now, you don't pass all of the products of conception. So if you leave, and I hate to use these graphic words, but this is what we're talking about. Right. So it, if you it also be part of the dead baby, you can get infected and die from infection. Uh, one quick question before I take a break. It seems to me, uh, I realize that the Supreme Court has an opportunity to kick it to the Fifth Circuit. But the Supreme Court, I think overall, since Roe versus Wade, the Dobbs case, they just want this whole issue to go away. <laughs> right? Well, if they, if they had their brothers, maybe, but they have to follow the law. And uh, Justice... Uh, Alito said they shouldn't have given this uh, uh, relief to the other side, but he did point out we're, this may be back at the Supreme Court by June of this year. Wow. There's a expedited hearing on May 17th in New Orleans at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, and then a week or two later, the court will come out with its opinion, and the Supreme Court said either side can then file a petition for rid of certiorari with the Supreme Court, and the stay will continue until the Supreme Court makes that decision. So I, I firmly expect the Supreme Court will be considering this in June, mid to late June of this year. All right. Let me take a quick break. Alan's website is thejusticefoundation.org. Uh, go there. Check out what they do. Very, very resourceful with the resources that are there. And support him. He's a frontline warrior. He and his group, the Justice Foundation. We'll be right back. We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's Daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. Boy, what an honor to have with us today. Alan Parker, Jr., the president of the Justice Foundation. Uh, you can go to thejusticefoundation.org. A lot of the material that he's researched and the briefs that he's done were 
um, key material inside the Dobbs case that overturned Roe versus Wade. He also serves as the attorney for the uh, Melinda Tybolt, which is the founder of the Moral Outcry Petition. You can check that out as well on his website. Um, Alan, I, I was trying to think through the break how to ask this question. But it appears to me with all this legal finagling that's going on between the pill, the Supreme Court, getting down to the Fifth Circuit, possibly going back to the Supreme Court, um, there is nothing in place right now for a woman to sue anybody. Well, I, that's very interesting that you bring that up. I think it is time for women to begin to sue the abortion industry. Before Dobbs overturned Roe, I said it wasn't a good time to, to sue the abortion industry. When it was a protected constitutional right, it was very difficult to successfully sue the abortion industry. But right now, I believe that there are billions of dollars worth of damages that the abortion industry owes to women to whom it lied, misrepresented the facts, and damaged them and caused the wrongful death of their child. Because they lied to women. Our women say all the time, they lied to me. Like 10 minutes, you'll never have to think about it again. They lied, even though the Supreme Court had said abortion causes devastating psychological consequences to women, they never tell women that. They say, oh, the most common reaction is relief. And they ignore all of the trauma uh, I think it's a good time, and uh, I think there are actually lawyers that I've talked to who are wanting to start uh, bringing those lawsuits. So, so I think it, that's going to begin. All right, but at the moment, they're still under the protection of the FDA's approval. If, if the FDA was proven that they gave approval to this prematurely, and they shouldn't have done that, then that protection goes away and they can start suing, right? Well, you can actually sue doctors even if they know damages that the FDA doesn't know. Every single oh, doctor okay. who prescribes it has a duty to get the fully informed consent of the patient. And that's another issue in this FDA case. The doctors are saying they're not giving women fully informed consent. The, the permission form mentions nothing about emotional trauma from abortion. Mm. And so... Uh, people who sell this, and yet they know it causes trauma, then they have a duty whether the FDA does it or not. So, uh, I mean, one defense they'll argue is, well, the FDA says we don't have to do this. But you could convince a jury that the the abortion industry knows more about what it does to women than the FDA does, actually. Yeah. They, okay. they see the women. Uh, and I would assume the drug companies, too. Right. Yes. And this Donko is a very strange company. The only thing this drug company does is produce this pill which kills human beings. It's a Cayman Islands country. Uh, as I understand it, the drug is manufactured in China. Why, why wouldn't China be happy to kill Americans mm -hmm. and distribute this product freely in America? And yet the only thing this company does is this one pill. Why? And I believe it's they're protecting their assets. Someday they're going to get sued for killing all these people. Then they just declare bankruptcy and go out of business. Right. And so Mother Jones just did an article about that. In fact, about how much money is being made from this pill. Mother Jones, kind of a liberal yeah. pro-abortion thing. Yeah. 
but yeah. but they said this somebody made sixty eight million dollars, a five thousand percent increase return on his investment for investing in this bill early on. A lot of money to be made on the other side. So in the meantime, there's another problem going on. They're stockpiling it because they don't know what the outcome of this case is going to be or the cases are going to be. How dangerous is that? It's extremely dangerous. In fact, it's a worse pill that they're stockpiling. Only the second pill of the two-pill regime, the second pill is called misoprostol. The first one is mifeprestone, a little bit different. The second pill is the one that just expels the baby. And if you take the second one, you're expelling a live baby out of it. And the baby may show up live in your home or your hand, alive, and yet needing care so that it doesn't die right away because this pill has been designed to kind of kill the baby. It's horrible. That's why it's far more important, I think, that the court just, if the court says you can't distribute any of these drugs through the mail, that will be the greatest protection for women. And yet those that want abortion can still get it in states where it's legal. I'm, I don't think any woman should ever have an abortion, but you could make that choice or you could use the safe haven law in all 50 states. Yeah, safe haven law. Don't forget about that. Because um, the other the other um, concern about stockpiling is black market. Exactly. And men using it to abort the babies that they don't want to pay for child support. They've gotten a woman pregnant. The woman's happy to have the baby. She may have thought the man loves me. He's going to be thrilled when I tell him we're pregnant. Instead, it's no way. Get rid of that thing. And if he's, this is one world. Even feminist literature shows that women are often abused in this situation. Uh, pregnant women are subject to violence. And some of that is to get them to do abortions. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just a terrible situation. But this would help forced abortion and more women would be traumatized. And you mentioned our website. There are some free resources there that anybody can use, if you don't mind my mentioning sure. some of those. Sure, please. Uh, since we brought up forced abortion, forced abortion is actually illegal in all 50 states, even New York and California, which you think of as abortion capitals. Voluntary abortion is legal in some states, and involuntary abortion is illegal in all 50 states. We, under, on our webpage at the Justice Foundation, we have a Center Against Forced Abortion. There are legal tools for free that you can use to stop forced abortion. There it is, CAFA, the Center Against Forced Abortion, that has a Dear Parent letter, which stops parents from forcing teenagers, a Dear Father of the Child for the, for the uh, man who's forcing it. And then the Moral Outcry Petition, anybody can sign our petition, and we'll put your name in court briefs and before legislatures in all 50 states that are trying to ban or restrict abortions. We, well, we pick where the battle is hottest, like Ohio is going to be a big battle in the fall. Uh, some states, Indiana called us once, and they passed an abortion bill, and we gave the women's testimonies. They put it on every legislator's desk, and they passed the bill banning abortion in Indiana. So that's that part, women's testimony, is Operation Outcry, and there's free legal resources there. And, and Perry, sometimes just women hearing this show will be deeply triggered. And if you're a woman who's had an abortion in your past, all this talk on the radio and TV is triggering those emotions. You can get free post-abortion 
recovery programs. We don't provide them, but the references are on our website where you can find one in your area confidentially to go and get healing from the abortion trauma that that you may be experiencing. And when you've been healed or if you've already been healed, if you want other women not to be hurt like you were, you can fill out a, a declaration of what happened to you and we'll protect your identity according to the way you tell us. Either use your first name or initials only. You want to protect your identity and then we'll put all that evidence into courts that are trying to protect women too. So we, we all need to work together to make a better, more just America. Go to the uh, justicefoundation.org, the website, justicefoundation.org. And I know that the pregnancy centers throughout the state of Oregon offer that kind of, uh, of uh, counseling as well. Uh, the moral outcry petition, give us uh, a 30-second update there. Okay. we It was the moral outcry petition to reverse Roe v. Wade. Right. Praise God, the Supreme Court did that. Amen. Now we have to make abortion illegal in all 50 states. Everyone can sign it. And everyone can donate. I might just say we, we give all our services. We're doing all these briefs at no charge to our client. They've been injured by abortion. They don't have the money to do this. So we do exist on donations. If people like to make a donation, where it's always gratefully accepted. All right. Check that out. So, Alan, uh, in 40 seconds, uh, are you optimistic by going to the Fifth Circuit? I am, actually. I'll be there that day. My current plans are to be there, Lord willing. Uh, I think we have to mobilize a lot of prayer. I just think everybody needs right. to be praying. Uh, in the Dobbs case, we outnumber them outside the court for the first time in history. And I'm going to be urging people in Louisiana, people of faith, people who are close to it, who get there fairly easily, to be there the day of the argument, praying peacefully outside the court and praying for the court. So everyone, wherever you are, can pray for the justices of the Fifth Circuit and the Supreme Court. That's what we need, prayer. May 17th. That's right. Okay. All right, thejusticefoundation.org. That's his website. Check it out. Alan, thank you. Thank you for your passion. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your friendship. Let's stay connected, friend. Absolutely. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.